This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are now listening to the Unscripted Ohio Podcast. Brought to you by Buckeye Grove and in part by JFQ Lending. All your home purchase and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. You'll never pay for your appraisal with these guys. Licensed in 33 states and more on the way. Check them out at jfqlending.com. For the latest news, notes, analysis, and discussion, check us out on buckeyegrove.com and follow us on Twitter at UnscriptedOhio1. Now. Broadcasting from Podcast Central, a place that is not his mother's basement. Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? We promise. Here's your host, Kyle Lamb. Hey, Ma! The meatloaf! Guys and gals, I need you to answer me two pressing questions, and they're very much related. The second one actually is kind of an extension of the first. We know Ohio State has Nebraska. Biggest game of the year so far coming up on Saturday. An evening kickoff from Lincoln, Nebraska at Memorial Stadium. Huge game. So much so that game day is going to be there in Lincoln on Saturday, despite the fact that Nebraska kind of threw up on themselves earlier in the year in that game against Colorado. Ohio State's biggest test of the year. Really, actually, the interesting thing enough that I'm going to talk about here in the next few minutes is, is it's not really that much bigger than the Cincinnati and Indiana games, at least on paper. Now you may not believe 100% in point spreads and gambling and what Vegas has to say about games. And that's fair. There's some wiggle room there. You know, those guys aren't perfect. They're really good at what they do, but they're not perfect. But the two questions I want to ask you, number one, has Ohio state gotten over the problematic spitting up in against lesser opponents, in especially road games, night games, the last couple of years. We know about Purdue. We know about Iowa. Second question, a follow-up to the first. Was that really actually a problem? That's what I want to talk about today here on Unscripted Ohio. Good Wednesday. I'm your host, Kyle Lamb. We are here thanks to BuckeyeGrove.com as well as our title sponsor, JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by Buckeye, licensed in 33 states, and more on the way. Please visit them at jfqlending.com. We are also here thanks to support from GoBus. Ohio's rural intercity bus system can bring you back to Columbus for Ohio State sporting events with over 40 stops to locations across the state. Visit them at ridegobus.com or give them a call 1-888-95-GO-BUS. As we record this, Ohio State has crept up to about a 17 and a half point spread. 
over Nebraska this Saturday. It, it opened up Sunday afternoon at 15. It has crept up. Actually, I shouldn't even say crept. It jumped up pretty quickly. People hit the opening line at 15 pretty hard. And within several hours by Sunday evening, it was up to 17 points and 17 and a half. And that's where it was sitting on Tuesday. That's where it's sitting as I'm recording this right now. Ohio State was a, I believe, 18-point favorite, 17, 16, 15-point favorite, something along those lines when it kicked off against Cincinnati a couple of weeks back. It was a 18-point favorite when it kicked off against Indiana in Bloomington. That's about where it looks like the line will be sitting when they kick things off Saturday night in Lincoln. Now, I'm not going to pretend that Cincinnati and Indiana are as good as Nebraska. They're not as talented. Offensively, look, Nebraska looks the part. They had a coming-out party for freshman running back Wandale Robinson. You may remember Ohio State was in on him in recruiting for the longest time. He visited Ohio State. He wound up picking Nebraska after he committed to Kentucky, decommitted, and then committed to Nebraska. It was kind of a back-and-forth chainsaw there, or a teeter-totter of a recruitment because it looked like it was going to be Ohio State, then it looked like it was going to be Nebraska, then it looked like it was going to be Kentucky, and then he ultimately ended up back at Nebraska. But Wandale Robinson is a very, very talented guy. He's He filled in this past week for Maurice Washington, who, who had suffered a head injury, and Wandale Robinson broke out, looked really good. Talented back, kind of a little bit like that Rondale Moore type. He's very shifty. He's very good in space, can make a lot of big plays. I'm not pretending that Nebraska is not a big-time opponent on Saturday. They've got a really good offense. They put up 700 yards of total offense against Illinois this past week. That was a very misleading game, by the way. I only flipped back and forth, and so I didn't see the entire game. It seemed like every time I flipped back, Illinois was scoring on Nebraska. But when you look at the actual numbers, the stats, the analysis, interestingly enough, it was 700 total yards to 300 total yards. Illinois had a, I think, 4.5 yards per play average, which is pretty respectable respectable for a big-name opponent, for a Big Ten opponent. So Nebraska's defense didn't play as poorly as the scoring numbers, giving up 35 points would indicate. They had four turnovers and just did not do a very good job in the red zone against Illinois. Illinois punched it in every time that they were down there. So the Nebraska defense, although it has not been good this year, it was not as bad against Illinois as the points would indicate. But here's the thing. It is a 17-point game, and I ask you to answer me those two particular questions at the top of the show, right? Number one Will the problem of losing to lesser opponents continue? And number two, was it really a problem? Here's the thing I don't get. A lot of people have been talking, worried almost from like a superstition standpoint that Ohio State is going to go in uh, in front of a house of 80,000 people with a bunch of with a bunch of sick children again. And like somehow that they're going to lose. And look, I don't even think that that's been a problem. Because, yes, there was Iowa City two years ago. Yes, there was Purdue last year, okay? Nobody is denying that those games happened. But under Urban Meyer, Ohio State was 56-4 and in the Big Ten in the regular season. 56-4. and The four losses in the regular season, 
being the, the Iowa and Purdue games that everybody references. In 2015, it was Michigan State. In 2016, it was the game at Penn State. Now, Michigan State was, I think, just a completely isolated incident. That one was bizarre. It was a rainy game. Ohio State came in with a terrible game plan. They didn't get Ezekiel Elliott the ball after the first quarter, not with any regularity or consistency, of course. Michigan State, of course, had a backup quarterback. It was just a very fluky game. And to be fair, that Michigan State team did win the Big Ten, and they did go to the college football playoff. They got plastered. (laughs) Alabama handed them their egos on a silver platter. I mean, that was an ugly game. What was it, 33 to nothing, something like that? That was almost as ugly as the Clemson-Ohio State game the next year. I'm sorry to dig up that wound and pour, pour some salt in it, but, but both of those games were really ugly. But in any event, Michigan State did still win the Big Ten. They went to the college football playoff. There's not really shame in losing that game, despite how ugly that particular day was. And then the 16 game, where Ohio State had the game in hand, and then an ugly fourth quarter, a couple of special teams mistakes. Next thing you know, Penn State comes back and wins. And, and that Penn State team, by the way, like Michigan State, they ended up in the top 10. They won the Big Ten. They did not go to the playoff. Ohio State did. But that Penn State team still was a top 10 team that won the Big Ten. So those two opponents, Michigan State and Penn State, in 15 and 16, both won the Big Ten. They were both were top 10 opponents at the end of the year. Okay, so what I'm saying here is those those games should not be lumped in with losing to Purdue and Iowa. And the reason I'm saying this is to just say I'm not really sure where the narrative comes from that Ohio State has been consistently losing these games. It's kind of recency bias because those games are fresh in your mind. And yes, Ohio State was unprepared. But I'm not sure at 56 and 4 in the regular season under Urban Meyer that we can really assert that Ohio State had a propensity to lose these games. I guess if you want to lump in Virginia Tech in 2014 at home, there is certainly, you can certainly stand on that ground. That's pretty level footing because that was a game that Ohio State should not have lost. But that was early in the year, so it's hard to, again, it's hard to include Purdue and Iowa in that same category because that game was early in the year. That team had not gained an identity just yet. You had a lot of young guys that were inexperienced and had not played a lot of games, not had started a lot of games. So, again, that was kind of a fluky game, but I just don't see, I, I don't see a long history here that Ohio State has had this problem. Now, the other part of the question, the first part, even if you assume that this has been an ongoing issue with Ohio State, will it continue under Ryan Day? I don't think it will. And and I go back to, again, Ohio State being 17-point favorite here in this game. I got to like where Ohio State is at. Offensively, defensively, special teams outside of the kicking game. The kicking game is a little bit concerning right now. But I like where Ohio State is at. And I think if you look into the eyes of Justin Fields... I like where this kid is at right now. His psyche is in a really, really good place. And I mentioned this on Twitter. His psyche, I think, is when I say looking into his eyes, I mean literally when you look into his eyes, 
you got to like what you see from this kid because every time in the first four weeks of the season, the camera has been focused on Justin Fields. When you look through that face mask and you see his face, he's got a big smile. He's got a big grin. This kid has so much confidence, and he's enjoying being the starting quarterback at Ohio State. Dwayne Haskins was a tough read sometimes because it's never... Clearly, Dwayne Haskins could lead that offense by example. When he got on the field, he called the plays, he made his reads, he threw the ball where it needed to be. But there were always some lingering questions about his leadership because he wasn't an outspoken guy, he wasn't an emotional guy, he just kind of did his thing. And there's there's nothing wrong with a quiet confidence, but with a quarterback, you kind of like that boisterous, outgoing kid the one that leads not only by example, but that is very vocal. And Justin Fields has the attention of his offense right now. Watching him, there is no question he is in a better place. He went to Ohio State because of the feedback he got from Dwayne Haskins, the feedback he got from his quarterback's coach, Quincy Avery, his personal trainer, personal quarterback's coach, I should say. He's not actually a trainer. But they they had the reputation, they restated the reputation that Ryan Day gave them. Everybody was gushing over Ryan Day. They said, Ryan Day is going to make you a better quarterback. They're going to, he's going to prepare you for your career in the NFL. And that is exactly what's happening right now. We are seeing a transformation of Justin Fields. In 2018, when Justin Fields was at the University of Georgia, being the backup quarterback to Jake Fromm, Georgia was scared to death to use Justin Fields for anything other than a runner. Every time, especially in bigger games, go back and look at the stats, it's crazy. When he came in for bigger games, they clearly were going to run the ball. You knew as a defensive coordinator of the opposing team or even just a fan watching Georgia that year, when Justin Fields was in the game, it was to run the football. Kirby Smart is developing a reputation. This is actually something that's carried over. He's developing a reputation for being very conservative when it comes to play calling. They were scared to death to throw Justin Fields. And now when they've got Jake Fromm, a three-year starter that has a lot of experience on his side, they were really conservative against Notre Dame for about three quarters in that game this past weekend. It almost lost them the game. They were so conservative. And that's where... They were with Justin Fields a year ago. He would come in. Oh, he's a runner. We're going to run the read option. We're going to run an RPO, but it's going to be a run. Or we're going to hand the ball off. They would not throw him. And I think that played a role. Corey Thompson, co-host of Scarlet and Great Podcast, he and I have had this conversation. We really think that that was part of the reason Justin Fields left Georgia. We don't think... He was being developed properly, or at least in his mind. That's his perception. He doesn't feel he was being developed. And I think part of it was he was almost insulted with the way he was used as a freshman at Georgia. Now he gets to Ohio State. Everything has changed. They've opened the offense for him. They've put the offense, and they've they've made it tailored to his skill set. And it's showing. He's enjoying playing football, and he's out there every play. He's smiling. He's laughing. He's enjoying himself. I do have questions. Is it going to carry over to the big games? Are we going to see this poise and this emotional jubilation 
Are we going to see that in the big games? Will he tighten up? Saturday at Lincoln is going to be a game that he has not been in as a starting quarterback yet. It's going to be a little bit different. He's played in those games at Georgia just sparingly, but it hasn't been his show to run. We are going to see real quick at what Justin Fields is made up, made of, and I think it's going to be great. I think that this is legitimately who he is, and I think he's there already as a quarterback. I didn't think he'd be there this this season. I thought it would happen next year. I didn't think it would be this season, or at least not this early. But I think he's there. But it is the one question you have. Can he take that ball? Can he run with it? In the big game, will he have the poise in the fourth quarter? Can he make the throw? If it is a four-quarter game against Nebraska this weekend, and by the way, I just don't think that it's going to be. I think Ohio State is going to come out. I think the offense is going to light it up. I think the defense is legit. I think we're going to have one of those jaw-dropping, uh-oh moments this weekend where we see an Ohio State team that is like, yeah, that is a team I could see playing for a national title this year. I think that's going to be a moment that we see in Lincoln, Nebraska. And that's no disrespect to the Cornhuskers. I think that is a legit offense over there. I think Scott Frost is a good coach, but I don't think their defense is ready for the type of test that Ohio State gives them. And I think it also is Justin Fields' time to shine. If he's got a chance of making it to New York City for the Heisman ceremony this year, and there are so many quarterbacks with a chance, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungvaloa, you've got a couple guys from Clemson, Justin Herbert, I guess you can throw in that conversation. There are a lot of guys out there. Jalen Hurts, of course. There are a lot of guys that are going to have a chance to make it to New York. But if Justin Fields is going to be among them, it's going to have to be because of games like this. Ohio State needs to go undefeated, maybe one loss at, at most. And Justin Fields is going to have to shine when the spotlight is on him. And this is a good chance for him to show up, show everybody what Ohio State fans have already seen. Cincinnati, look, Cincinnati is not a great team, but they have a good defense. Indiana, not a great team. They have a good defense. They are ranked number 32, by the way, in the S&P Plus football rankings. So Indiana is not a bad team. They're a solid defense. It's not like Fields and the Ohio State offense hasn't gone, haven't gone up against any decent teams. But... In terms of talent, in terms of level of excitement for this game, this is going to be different than what we've seen so far. We know that. But I I really believe that Ohio State is going to come out with a fury. I think they're going to come out with a purpose. And I think Justin Fields is going to have a coming out party officially. We've seen it already. He's 19 touchdowns accounted for, I think it is. Zero turnovers. That safety wound up not being officially a turnover. So 19 touchdowns accounted for, zero turnovers. He's already shown it. But I think Saturday night in Lincoln, I really believe this is going to be a coming out party. I think Ohio State is going to have one of those wow moments that people are going to need to take them seriously. I really do. So really interesting turn of events for the University of Michigan. We have talked so much about Michigan in the past, and after this past weekend where they were just beaten down to a bloody pulp by Wisconsin. They were run over. They were humiliated. 
they were beaten bad. And it has Michigan fans questioning Jim Harbaugh. I know the audacity for them to finally see what it is that Ohio State fans have been talking about for five years. There was so much hype for this guy. So many Michigan fans defended him year after year of losing to Ohio State. Finally, in year number five, they're starting to see it. They're starting to turn. They're turning on him. Vegas has finally seen it. This is crazy. Remember back in the summer when that game's line, the opening line first came out. Not officially the open line, but it's the future line. Michigan was like a five and a half, six point favorite. Remember that? That was absolutely shocking. And then it got bet down to like minus three, minus four. It was minus two a couple weeks ago. The line has completely flipped. It is now Ohio State minus ten and a half, Michigan plus ten and a half. That line has literally moved two whole touchdowns in a span of a couple weeks. That's insane. You almost never see that abrupt and that huge a shift in public betting. But it, but that's how much it has changed. And it's mostly that movement is not public betting, by the way. That is that is the sharps beating that line, and that's why it's changed so much. But it just goes to show where Michigan was a couple of weeks ago and where they are now. We have completely changed how we view this team and this program. You've got Michigan fans calling for Jim Harbaugh's head. And what's more is they're not just asking for a replacement. Many of them are asking to go after Urban Meyer. It's crazy. That's never going to happen, by the way. Shelley Meyer has already shot that down on Twitter saying, yeah, that's not, that's not remotely realistic. That'll never happen. But it just goes to show Michigan fans are desperate because it wasn't even a year ago where, if you recall, if you were reading a Michigan fan on Twitter, on the message boards, or social media, they were raking Ohio State over the coals for keeping Urban Meyer as head coach. Remember, they, they were calling him a cheater. They were talking about him in such a way that he somehow was against or, or, or for domestic violence, where he was against victims of d- domestic violence because he supposedly didn't do enough. You had Michigan fans just railing on this guy. He's a cheater. He has no morals. He has no ethics. Ohio State should be ashamed for having him as their head coach and not firing him. My, my, how the tables have turned. Now Michigan fans are begging and pleading for Michigan to can Jim Harbaugh and go after Urban Meyer. It's funny how suddenly everything has changed, and it's all because they realized St. Jim is not the savior of the Michigan program. And that's what it comes down to. It's, it's, it's funny how these things, how these things work when you're desperate, all of those ethics and morals you supposedly have, they go out the window. And to be honest, look, this is not ganging up on Michigan fans in their hour of need, because this is something we see from Ohio state fans. No offense, guys and gals. We see it from every fan base in the country there's a hypocrisy that goes into being a fanatic. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's sporty. It's part of the system. It's what makes the, you know, these sports great. The discussion, the, the arguments, the debate. Those are fun because that's what sports fans do. 
So I'm not ganging off by Michigan fans, but it just goes to show all the rhetoric. It was just big talk. They didn't really think Urban Meyer was a cheater that they wanted to pretend because you know what? It made them feel better. It made them feel like if we call Urban Meyer a cheater, it somehow invalidates all of the success that Ohio State had. And that's why they did it. And that's why most sports fans do it. They don't really care about the ethics. That's a dirty little secret. They don't care about the morals. Do you really think when they were crying about domestic abuse that it was about the domestic abuse? And I'm not saying people don't care about domestic violence, but it's usually just a talking point to distract you from the real points. And that is Ohio State has been kicking Michigan's butts for not just seven years under Urban Meyer, but it's been happening now for 20 years since Jim Trestle took over. That's why they wanted to denigrate Urban Meyer's character. That's what it was about. He was beating them consistently, and they don't have an answer for it. And now that they realize Jim Harbaugh is probably not the answer, he's now going to be a double-digit favorite, most likely, at home against Ohio State this year, in a year where they were favored to win the Big Ten by many. That's a dose of reality. And that's why Michigan fans have been fleeing the ship. They're calling for Jim Harbaugh's head. They're ready to make a change, and they're ready to bring on Urban Meyer in order to do it. My, my, how the tables have turned. Stretch runtime here at Unscripted Ohio. Kick up your feet as we cross the finish line with the Buckeye Beat, the latest in Ohio State news and notes. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. You may have seen the news. Ohio State has a transfer upcoming in their college football program. Isaiah Pryor will be on his way out after four games. If you are not familiar with the new redshirting rules, that has a lot to do with the timing of this transfer. Pryor has played in four games. The NCAA maximum is playing in four games in a season to be eligible to redshirt. So, Something that is becoming very quickly commonplace in college football within the last year since the rule was instituted is this practice where a player, once he hits that four-game limit, he then announces he's going to transfer, does not play the rest of the season. That allows him to move on to another school, retain his redshirt year if he hasn't already burnt it, and then he'll be immediately eligible in the following season. So, that's what's happening here. Pryor is on his way out. This is not a big surprise. Pryor had fallen down to third on the depth chart. And Ohio State's secondary has been really deep and really strong this year. It really is. Think think back to the 2018 season, this time of year, midseason even. It's amazing how far we've come. Because remember all of the conversations being had last year about how bad the back of that Ohio State secondary was, especially when Jordan Fuller was hurt for a time. You had Jocelyn Wint and Isaiah Pryor. Both were playing really poorly. They were the targets of frustration of Buckeye fans everywhere. It's, it's amazing where the secondary has come now. Brennan White, of course, stepped up late last year. You've got Jordan Fuller playing lights out. Josh Proctor has stepped up, and, and all the corners, of course, with Sean Wade playing more of a versatile nickel and dime and and bullet and and safety and playing all over the field. 
Ohio State secondary is in much better shape right now. So Isaiah Pryor is on his way out. Those dreaded memories that still haunt you of the Ohio State the Ohio State defense as a whole, it wasn't just the secondary, the linebackers, and and even the defensive line at times maybe didn't play the greatest midseason after Dick Bosa went down with the injury. But all of those bad memories, at least for now, are kind of sliding into the distant past. This Ohio State defense, the Silver Bullets, are back. We'll see if they can stand up to a fierce test this weekend, weekend in Lincoln, Nebraska. As I said, I think Ohio State steps up and wins this game big. But there's no question that Nebraska offense is very explosive, very scary. The Buckeyes are in for an interesting test this weekend. Speaking of Nebraska, I will preview that game a little more extensively from the Nebraska side. On Friday, Sean Callahan, publisher and managing editor of Husker Online, covering Nebraska here on the Rivals Network. He'll be along. We'll talk about the Cornhuskers. I may try to get... Uh, a little bit more college football talk on Friday as well to look around the country. Joe Burrow having himself a great year. Had an interesting stat I didn't get a touch on today. But I, I put this out on Twitter. I looked at all of the top 10 AP teams this week, and I went down through, and I looked at the yards per play offensively and the yards per play defensively, and then did kind of a net net rating. That is yards per play total, offense and defense, above and below their opponent's averages. And it's an interesting look, because if you look at it from that standpoint, that is how many yards per play you average above and beyond the teams that you're playing that year, their averages. If you look at it like that, Georgia is number one right now at 3.2 net yards per play, offense and defense combined. Oklahoma is number two at 2.8. Ohio State is number three at 2.7. The interesting thing is you find the last four in the top 10 are all SEC teams, Alabama 2.2. You've got Auburn, Florida, and then LSU is actually the lowest in that. So I'd like to touch on that a little bit more maybe Friday if I have time. But it is interesting because LSU, there's no question Joe Burrow and that offense is is playing at a, uh, another level we have not seen them play in several years. But... Are they being overhyped a little bit? That's something I'd like to talk about. I want to look at the top 10, do some more preview. A bigger picture college football type show coming up on Friday on Unscripted Ohio, time permitting. And of course, we will talk about Ohio State, Nebraska. Speaking of college football, of course, Shane Larson. Shane is really pumped. If you, if you didn't know this, Shane, and I'm sure if you've listened to the show, you already know this, but Shane is in Boise, Idaho, way out there out west. He's in Boise. He's a big Boise State fan. He is all jazzed, all pumped about this big Boise State-UCF clash that'll be coming up in two years. That's great for college football. That's going to be a very, very good series. I hope that continues. Shane's pumped up for it. I know he's going to mention it on the Gridiron Game Time podcast coming up on Thursday. But in addition to the Boise State-UCF headlines, there's a lot to talk about. Some big games. Pretenders, contenders, Georgia coming up with a big win against Notre Dame this past weekend. Uh, I'm very excited to hear what Shane has to say about college football as well as Boise State UCF coming up Thursday on Gridiron Game Time. Also coming up Thursday, Corey and Johnny Bullet with the, another edition of the Scarlet and Gray podcast. And of course, as I said, I'll be back on Friday. Really happy about what we have going here on Unscripted Ohio. Seven shows every week. You can catch Dog Days every Tuesday, Gridiron Game Time every Thursday, Corey and Johnny's Scarlet and Great 
every Tuesday and Thursday, and I'm here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can catch the Unscripted Ohio Network of Podcasts on the platform of your choice. That includes iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Catch a show, Unscripted Ohio on Twitter, at UnscriptedOhio1. That's going to do it for me. Hope you have a great week, and I will be back at you on Friday. Make sure you listen to Corey, Johnny, and Shane tomorrow here on Unscripted Ohio. Catch you Friday, everybody. You can get new episodes of Unscripted Ohio on Mondays and Fridays exclusively at BuckeyeGrove.com or anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all things Ohio State. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.